Doing all of these things in my life to live so clean, I don't even know what I'm adding from a topical perspective. Things that you breathe and the things that you consume, like a lipstick, are most toxic. EU, for example, they've banned 1,400 ingredients. US has only banned 38. Natural is not necessarily the best. There's no active ingredients in coconut oil that is nourishing my skin. Often, the more natural brands are higher in heavy metals. What matters to me is Welcome to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast, where we meet the world's top experts to explore the secrets of health, mindset, longevity, and so much more. Are you ready to take charge of your existence and biohack your life? This show is for you. Please keep in mind, we're not dispensing medical advice and are not responsible for any outcomes you may experience from implementing the tactics lying herein. Welcome back to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. If you have any questions about skincare, skin health, skin issues, how your diet affects your skin, whether or not what you're putting on your skin is helping or hurting it, this episode is for you. It's with Stacey Toth, who is honestly a wealth of knowledge on not just skin health, but really diet and health in general. We could have gone on so many tangents. I had to stop myself so many times, but I think you'll really enjoy the conversation. So now it's here, super excited, but definitely join that group. We talk about everything and anything and everybody's welcome. And I would love to see you there. All right. So without further ado, please enjoy this interview with Stacey Toth. Hi, friends. So I am here today with Stacy Toth, who is actually, I've never met Stacy in person. And actually, this is the first time Stacy and I are talking, but we run in very similar spheres. She is the co host of the top podcast, The Paleo View, um, which I've listened to a few episodes of that, Stacy. It's a wonderful podcast. I absolutely love it. And you co host it with Dr. Sarah Ballantyne. And yeah, so we have a little similar world. So it's a pleasure to meet you sort of in person. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. And nice to meet you as well. Stacy is also the author of a ton of really best-selling cookbooks, multiple ebooks, including Healthy Inside and Out. And she has a really, really fascinating history of how she came to this whole world and the topic that we're going to discuss today, which is skincare. But Stacy, would you like to tell listeners a little bit about your personal diet history and how you did come to where you are today, both with health, with diet, with food, with all of that stuff, and then ultimately with skincare? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been blogging, podcasting, authoring, blogging way before blogging was cool, over a decade at this point. And I originally found my niche and success with the paleo diet. Our blog was originally called The Paleo Parents back in the day. And we transitioned our three young kids at the time to living a paleo lifestyle. And for us, that means nutrient density and low anti-inflammatory today. Nothing is perfect in terms of how one would eat as prescribed by a, you know, piece of paper or a diet challenge. But it has enabled, for example, my oldest son, who's now 14, to go off of a daily inhaler, which he 
was on when he was much younger and no longer needs. My middle son had really bad eczema. The doctors wanted to put him on steroids at two and a half years old, and he no longer has eczema. He does occasionally get dry skin patches, but we work through like ingredients that work for his skin so that it is managed and doesn't fully flare. And we've done that all with diet and lifestyle. So by eliminating foods that caused irritation and inflammation in all of us, it caused health. And then the byproduct of that was also weight loss. And I think early on in our journey, my husband and I really focused on weight loss and we got caught up in what I would call like diet culture mentality. We together lost 200 pounds. And I just feel like after being in this community for a decade, it's made me realize that there's so much more to health than weight. And so now I try to focus on health at any size and really focusing on being healthy inside and out. And that will look different on every single body. But the goal is to have, you know, low inflammation and (laughs) good cholesterol and all of those kinds of things that indicate health versus the size of someone's pants or whatever it might be. Yeah, I feel like that's a really similar story with a lot of people that they, a lot of people do originally come, well, for two reasons. A lot of people come to the paleo diet in the food world for, you know, the fat loss. (laughs) It's kind of like a a lure and then they stay for the health benefits or the flip side, which you talked about as well. They come there for the health issues, but then it becomes more of like a comprehensive overall, you know, diet that just supports so many things. But I really love your approach and your your perspective because you really understand that it it really is, you know, an up and down and a constant learning about what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, something might work one day and not another day. And I think especially just dealing with things like chronic inflammation and autoimmune conditions, I appreciate your realness in the matter. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's what is so important to me that anyone who is going through this understands, which is, for example, I have insane amounts of autoimmune. (laughs) Celiac is my base autoimmune disease, but then I also have thyroid and I have a couple of conditions that affect my gut. And it all plays out in terms of how I need to manage inflammation in my body so that my immune system is regulated. And so I can't eat tomatoes. Tomatoes for me are almost as bad as gluten. And I'm celiac and I'm actually also genetically anaphylactic to gluten, which is really rare. And so for me, tomatoes are almost that bad in terms of inflammation triggers. But tomato that doesn't make tomato a bad food for someone who doesn't have the same conditions that I have or whose body doesn't process it the same way. So I think a lot of people go looking for, give me like a set of rules to follow and tell me exactly what I need to do, but then it's not going to look the same for everybody. So I delved about as much as I could into that. Like I said, I've been blogging and all of the books and cookbooks and podcasts for so long that I reached a point where I was like, I've kind of said everything I can say. I've like, I have thousands of recipes out there, like whatever you need, it's there. And I started learning more about toxic lifestyle in general, whether it be the cleaning products that you use in your home or the products that you put on your skin. There's so many other factors to 
health than food. And the sunlight that you absorb when you're outside to the exercise that you get and how much you sleep, all of it plays into your health. And as we were podcasting and we started tackling so many of these other lifestyle issues, one of the things that hadn't been tackled three plus years ago when I started doing more of non-toxic living was skincare. And so it became a lot for me the importance of researching from a PubMed perspective on the science of skin. And I had all these notions in my head at that time that natural was best. Like I was using coconut oil the way that Chris Rock refers to Robitussin. Like (laughs) my kids had an injury, you know, skinned knees outside, coconut oil. Like whatever it was, it was coconut oil. I think he also references Windex, right? It's like Windex and Robitussin. For me, it was coconut (laughs) oil on everything. Food, body, like whatever. And the more that I learned, I was like, oh my goodness, natural is not necessarily the best. There's no active ingredients in coconut oil that is nourishing my skin. And the type of fats that it is can actually be occlusive. And I was having really bad acne and I couldn't figure out what was going on. As soon as I stopped using coconut oil and started using cleaner ingredients on my skin, my acne cleared up. And acne is a sign of inflammation. So it was a way of me to identify like the next step in my phase. Like I had really tackled and dialed in on food. I was working on supplements, you know, and all of these other things that I was doing. I was a competitive lifter. I did the sport of strongman for a really long time. And so I had all these different things that I had going on that I was working on my health. And yet I had a face full of acne and I just didn't feel like it represented how healthy I lived my lifestyle. So in that research, it became a passion of mine that I wanted to share about. And my kids were older at that time too. Like my son is now 14. When we started the blog, he was four. So it no longer was relevant for me to be the paleo parents anymore. It wasn't strictly paleo. We eat rice because it doesn't bother us. And I was lifting and I needed carbohydrate. And so there were things that I was like, you know what, I'm going to restructure what we're doing and I'm going to tackle this from a non-toxic living perspective. So our blog went from being paleo parents to being real everything. And my passion became helping people identify what their skin issues were and what are some ways that they can help improve their health, both inside and out, because it really does play a huge factor. Okay. Wow. So, so many things that we could touch on there. First of all, I agree with you completely about there's no one right diet for everyone. Just wanted to acknowledge that drives me crazy when people try to prescribe, oh, do this and that will be the answer or do this. So same page there. So I love how you brought up the whole thing about coconut oil. I think it's so interesting with the skincare because on the one hand, you have the people who you know are wedded to conventional products. So the obstacle or the discussion that needs to happen is about why to switch to more natural. But then on the flip side, we have the ironic situation that you acknowledged where people go super all natural and you know just want to use like coconut oil or and castile soap and nothing else. So really fascinated to dive in deep and get your perspective on what does blend the best of both worlds when it comes to skin health. So a foundational question I'd love to start with, with that whole sphere. And this relates to everything you were saying with diet being so related to our state of inflammation and our skin health. So Stacey, how much do you think one's present skin condition 
comes down to diet versus what they're using on their skin or not using? Well, I think that's a good question. Or And lifestyle. Yes. I think it's kind of a loaded question, though, because it really depends on the person and the type of products that they might be using and their body's reaction to it, right? So one person might be having, for example, I've worked with people who have especially teenagers who have a diet and lifestyle of like not sleeping and eating terrible food. And I would say maybe 90% of that is lifestyle. And then as soon as they get their hormones in balance with health, then it's just a simple topical treatment. So for example, my 14-year-old only uses one product on his face and he's fine. If some of his friends come over and I'm like, oh, do you want to talk? <laughs> you know, like I see, see what's happening and I'd love to help you. But I'm also not going to violate your personal space about your own body and bring it up. But then there I think other people like me who had so much lifestyle and diet dialed in and the products that I was using were actually causing inflammation. So I went from someone who bought everything from Sephora. I was a super makeup junkie. Before I had kids, I did makeup tutorials online before online was cool. There was like all these underground makeup trading websites, which now I think back on it. And I was like, that was so gross. Like people would use some of the expensive high-end products and then trade with other people so they could try a whole bunch. Are you serious? Yeah. It was a scene. <gasps> oh man. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm telling you, like, I've been online before. Probably most of your listeners have been online in terms of like live journal and all kinds of stuff. And so for someone like me to have completely switched over from all of those products that Sephora was using, and I was crazy about the naturalness of the stuff that I was using on my skin and my hair. My hair was gross. I was doing no poo. It was, you know, a situation. And probably that extra oil on my scalp wasn't helping my hairline, which was full of acne as well, right? Like, how long did you do that, by the way? I always wanted to try it, the no poo thing. Oh, months. Oh, really? Did your hair ever, no, quote, it, adjust? No, it never <laughs> adjusted. I have okay. really thick, curly hair. And I, at the time, had a corporate executive job. And I just was so embarrassed by my, like, greasy hair. And there wasn't clean, dry shampoo yet, you know? So anyway, it was a whole situation. But for me, that was... 90% at that point, what I was putting on my skin was causing my acne versus the 10% of additional tweaking that I did with like supplements and some other things around that same time. And still to this day, even though I have super dialed in lifestyle and nutrition and skincare, like I might make a choice that's not the best for me. This week I've been eating cheese and I have a zit. And I like 100% know that that's why I have acne and I knew that that was going to happen, but I made the choice anyway. So I think it's a matter of learning each individual person, like what are their triggers? And the only way you can do that is by doing some sort of elimination process and then getting to a, a place of normalcy with low inflammation as best you can get it. And then tweaking either back to see what you can add in, or if you're happy with that, maybe tweaking some other aspects of your life to see if they can make a difference as well. Yeah. So sort of like with the diet, you can see, you know, the symptoms come up after an elimination diet to see what foods don't work with you. Sounds like it's really similar with skin health. So what would that look like actually, if, if somebody wanted to do a quote, not an elimination diet, but an el elimination. So if we did that, that elimination phase for the skin, would that include both an elimination diet and an elimination skincare routine or? 
I actually recommend people change things out one at a time because your skin can react to something. And if you've just changed four things, you're not going to know what it's reacting to. And if you have normal skin, maybe you're using like a conventional product with less safe ingredients, and then you move to a cleaner ingredient product line and your skin reacts and you get breakouts or you get redness or whatever it might be, you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, I'm not going to use these cleaner products. They don't work for me, right? And it might have been one thing. Or it might have been that your skin was just like, whoa, what's happening? And just needs a little bit of transition time. So I actually recommend, I really like the website EWG, Environmental Working Group, has something called a Skin Deep Database, and you can get the app for free on your phone. You can also plug products in just on your PC or whatever as well. And they prioritize the safety of products that you're using by the ingredients that are listed. And each ingredient is rated on like a scale of one to 10 for safety. And then they'll look at all of the ingredients as well as like the transparency of the brand, because the brand might not disclose all of their ingredients, for example. And then it'll give you an overall rating for that product. So one of the things that I recommend people do if they do want to transition is go through all of the products that they're using and prioritize the ones that that they're using the most often, the ones that have the highest toxicity rating. And then specifically, I personally have found a lot of science to suggest that the things that you breathe and the things that you consume, so things like a lipstick, are the absolute most toxic because you're actually consuming them. And the rate of absorption, for example, in cadmium, which is a heavy metal, is 60 times greater than if you were to put something topically on your skin because your skin has a natural barrier. And so while it is absorbed, the absorption rate and the risk of toxicity is actually lower. So it's a matter of like looking at what you're using and identifying the high risk items. And then I suggest people transition them one at a time. Also, because it's expensive to like completely replace everything that you're using. And for some people that works kind of like when I went paleo, it was an all or nothing thing for me. Like I didn't transition and run out of foods and then I just replaced them with healthier foods. Like I just was like, okay, today I no longer eat any grains or beans or dairy or refined sugar. You know, it was like, this is the life that I live. But I think it's harder with the skin to know how everything's reacting if you're not going slow. Yeah, that's the same way I am sort of an extremist. I'm like all or none, (laughs) in or out. So I feel like I, despite all the guidance and advice you just give, I feel like if I were (laughs) using the conventional makeup and then I listened to this episode, I would have been like changing it all now. Yeah, I would categorize makeup in like one bucket. You know what I mean? Because if you have proper skincare on your skin, other than the powders and lipsticks that I just mentioned, which are absorbed differently, you've actually created an additional barrier on your skin beyond your skin's barrier with the protection of the treatments you might be putting on your skin and stuff like that. And so makeup most people are not going to see a reaction to. I know some people are sensitive to foundations or like a CC or a BB cream or something like that in makeup. But usually that's because the ingredients are terrible and they're clogging pores. So it's pretty rare that I hear from people that they react from makeup. So I think it's safe to 
swap all of your makeup. But I think of it more as, so after you've eliminated everything, right, and you're reintroducing, you're doing that usually one at a time so that you can see how your body is reacting as you add back in some of the foods that you might be concerned are causing inflammation. So it's the same. I think it's, if you want to think about it that way, it's better to do it one at a time. Hi friends. Do you want to come hang out with me and Dave Asprey and so many other guests I've had on the show? You simply must come to the 10th annual biohacking conference, May 30th through June 1st in Dallas, Texas. And of course I have a massive discount code for you guys. I went last year to the one in Orlando and it was one of the most fun times of my entire life. I met and got to hang out with so many guests that I've had on the show. I met so many of you guys. And of course, there's lots of Danger Coffee and Dave Asprey approved meals and dry farm wines. And that's just the social aspect. The conference itself is mind blowing. They have this incredible expo where they have all the biohacking supplements, all the biohacking things. You can learn about them, try samples meet the creators and founders. If you haven't tried a lot of biohacking things, it's a great chance to actually try them out in person. Things like brain tap, infrared sauna, hyperbaric oxygen chambers, and so much more. There are so many incredible speakers as well. You can hear talks from people I've had on the show like Paul Saladino, Dr. Daniel Amen, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, Dr. Mercola, Dr. Annika Becca, and that is just a few of them. I seriously had the time of my life last year, and I would love to hang out with you guys. And you can get 35% off tickets. Just go to melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference and use the coupon code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. That's melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference with the code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. This code can be used for general admission or for VIP access. Seating is limited. They do sell out. They sold out last year. So get your ticket now. And if you come, definitely let me know because I want to meet you. So hopefully see you guys in Dallas. MelanieAvalon.com slash biohacking conference with coupon code BCMelanie. Get your tickets now. I'll see you guys there. Hi friends. I am so excited to tell you about something that I am obsessed with that can revolutionize your health, help with stress levels, support longevity, and really help you when you go out and are having a bit of wine or drinks or all the things. And I'm going to tell you how to get $100 off. So I've been talking about the role of NAD in our health for so long. NAD stands for nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. It is a coenzyme that is involved in so many processes in our body, including energy production and DNA repair. And it is depleted by things like stress, aging, lack of sleep, alcohol, and of course, too much partying. In fact, a lot of researchers believe that declining NAD levels is one of the key factors in aging. That's why I have been really interested in boosting and supporting NAD levels. And I have tried all the things. You can take precursors to NAD called NR and NMN. I still take NMN. However, I am much more alert by directly giving your body NAD. And historically, the most common way to do that that is accessible to people was through NAD IVs and NAD shots. I actually never did an NAD IV for a few reasons. One, they are extraordinarily expensive. Two, I've been doing the shots, which I liked because they were easy to do. That said, they always made me feel a little bit unwell right afterwards. And I've heard 
heard that the IV makes a lot of people feel unwell. So if the shots were making me feel unwell and that was going into the muscle first as like a barrier, I can't even imagine what putting it straight into my bloodstream would have done. Plus with the IVs, you have to sit there for potentially hours. So basically IVs were a no-go for me. So like I said, I was doing the shots, but I was like, I wish there was an easier way to do this. Then a company called Ion Layer reached out to me. Oh my goodness, friends. I am so obsessed. So they make transdermal NAD patches and they have studies showing that these patches actually boost your NAD levels. And what's so amazing is you put on a patch. It's super easy to put on. I have a video on my Instagram about how you do it. You basically get this patch thing with like a negative side and a positive side. You put saline on one side, you mix up the NAD with some sterile water and the NAD that they give you on the other side. Then you stick it to your arm or wherever you want to put it. You put a super cool black patch over over it, kind of like how you put the patches over CGMs. And then what's amazing is there are no side effects. You don't feel unwell from it and it lasts for 14 hours and it's so easy. You can do it at home and then you can really decide when you want to do it. So with the shots, I was doing them once a week and I was trying to do them before going out with this patch. Now I put on the patch before going out and it makes me feel so good. It really helps the next day from any alcohol recovery that you may need. And they look pretty awesome with my outfits. Not going to lie. I am obsessed with these patches. I just want everybody to know about them and they are so much more affordable than the shots or the IVs. If you want to boost your NAD levels, support anti-aging, help with your stress, help with lack of sleep, and or optimize your partying. You need these patches, friends. And I'm so excited because working with the company has been amazing and they are giving you guys $100 off, which is incredible. So to get that discount, just go to melanieavalon.com slash ion layer. That's I-O-N-L-A-Y-E-R and use the coupon code melanieavalon to get $100 off your first order. I cannot recommend these enough. I'm going to use them for the unforeseeable future, probably for the rest of my life. It's literally just become part of my arsenal now. Like when I'm getting ready to go out, usually once a week, put on my NAD patch. And even if I don't go out that week, I still like to do one once weekly. Oh, PS. They're also amazing for traveling. You guys know I'm not a big traveler. I've been doing more traveling recently and I wear these on the plane there and back. Game changer. Although it's really fun at TSA, especially because I already opt out and don't go through the scanner thing. So they already are suspicious. And then they're like, what's that on your arm? And I'm like, it's NAD. And then they're like, what's that? And then I'm like, it's a coenzyme in your body that's involved in a lot of metabolic processes and energy production and DNA repair. And then they just look at me really weird, but it's fine. It's totally fine. So again, that's melanieavalon.com slash ion layer to get $100 off your ion layer kit. It comes with six patches, totally the way to go for boosting NAD levels. And I cannot recommend it enough. melanieavalon.com slash ion layer with the coupon code melanieavalon for $100 off. Gotcha. So while we are still in the, the food related sphere of this conversation, what are the primary nutrients that we do need to support skin health that we do get from food, just as far as like fats go and vitamins and just from that end? Yeah. Well, I'm a big proponent of vitamin D and getting natural sunlight. I think it's really important. People understand that that is a super important nutrient that's regulating almost all of your hormones and how they interact with one another. Like you said, healthy fats are important. I don't have a gallbladder, so the fats that I consume look a little different for somebody else. I personally really do well with mid-chain fats, so ones that aren't super saturated and aren't mono. 
But it really has to do with also hydration. So making sure that you're drinking enough water and that you're not over consuming sugar, for example, like, and that could be in any form that could be a high carb processed type diet, right? Like if you're consuming a bunch of refined carbohydrates, then your body is processing them as sugars. Or if you're drinking even diet sodas or count your body as consuming them in that same sort of way. And so all of those play into, for example, your under eye. So I get a lot of questions from people who have dark circles under their eyes and they want to know what topically they can put on it. And the first thing that I tell them is that they need to drink more water and that they need to eat less sugar and that that is going to give them better results than any product that I can recommend. So I really think it just depends on the person and the lifestyle that they're living. But ultimately, eating a nutrient-dense diet And specifically, just seeking out foods that are high in nutrients. So, you know, whether it's zinc or it's vitamin C, especially collagen is really great. Vitamin C and collagen both play a synergistic role in the aging process, especially for women. So as we get older, our collagen production slows down. And if we don't have adequate vitamin C, the collagen that we do have won't be synthesized. So if you're seeking out foods that are nutrient-rich, so when I look at a food label, I'm less concerned about the calories or even the fats and carbohydrates than I am looking at the actual nutrient profile list. Because if I'm about to consume something that has a 1,000 calories and it doesn't offer me significant micronutrients, then it's a nutrient-poor food. It's giving me calories without nutrients. So it's about seeking out foods that are really nourishing you both inside and that will play on the outside as well. And then when it comes to those nutrients, Do you know much about the topical absorption of things like vitamin D, vitamin C when put directly on our skin compared to, well, we could ingest vitamin D in fish, but compared to ingesting them, like is one route more beneficial? Is it more about what you're addressing? Yeah. Because I feel like especially with like skincare makeup products, you know, they're always like, full of vitamin E, full of vitamin C, full of this, full of that. But are those actually applicable when put directly on the skin? Again, the answer is it depends. I'm starting to feel like a broken record, but... Oh, no. No, that's I guess that's the answer. So, for example, you know, someone who has low testosterone and is getting treated by a doctor could get a cream that is absorbed into the body and it's measured and expected in a certain way for it to be absorbed into the body. But you can also inject testosterone and that's going to be absorbed in a different way. So the answer is yes, essentially anything that you're doing is absorbed, but it's a matter of what you're trying to protect against or what you're trying to absorb. And the volume of that. So for example, we did a podcast on chlorine absorption. And one of the things that we went really in depth on is vitamin C because as a result, well, not as a result of lifting, but I was trying to show off to someone and I wasn't using good form and I wasn't wearing a belt and it was a in a garden and I was like lifting up a piece of concrete and I tweaked my back and my back is essentially need surgery, but I've been living a low inflammatory lifestyle and doing physical therapy for three years because I don't want to do surgery. And so I swim a lot and because my, my body does well with swimming. And my concern was that 
chlorine absorbed into the body is not so great. (laughs) If I'm in the pool several times a week, what was the risk for me? And one of the things that we researched was that both topical prevention as well as increased consumption, either by supplement or by foods rich in vitamin C, can play a role. And where logically that plays in is vitamin C is a really powerful antioxidant, and it's probably healing the body and helping the body either prevent the absorption or process that through the body's natural detoxification process more quickly. So you can topically apply vitamin C, which I do. I actually apply a vitamin C facial oil serum before I go into the pool now um, because I know will at least help with my face not being so affected by the chemicals. But it's not like I can bathe myself in a vitamin C serum. That'd be pretty expensive before I jumped into the pool. So I also increase my consumption of vitamin C foods to prevent that. And I think, like I said, with testosterone, like it is with vitamin D, there's different kinds of ways. So in one case, the testosterone, you want to increase absorption through the skin. And in the other case with vitamin C, I'm creating a barrier and preventing against chemicals that are outside causing damage. So it's really dependent on what someone's goal is and what they're trying to achieve. But in most cases, both are doing something to your body, whether you want it to or not. If you're putting something in or on your person, or if it's in the air and you're breathing it, it's affecting you. Yeah, that's so interesting. And it actually reminds me, I've been doing a lot of research on, because David Sinclair has his new book out on longevity. And I've been reading that and he was talking about the role of antioxidants in health and lifespan and how we often think that the reason antioxidants are so supportive is because they're having an antioxidant effect, which they are, but that likely the foundational reason they're helping lifespan is because they're upregulating the body's natural production of antioxidants. But I was just thinking about how you were talking about vitamin C and topically it, it does you know, work and creates that barrier and helps things, but you're talking about how in the body it's making the body you know, healthier overall. So I think it's definitely a complicated, (laughs) comprehensive picture. Like you were saying, it depends. There's so many complexities. It's such a cop-out answer, but I'm like, unless you're going to narrow down the question really specifically, I can't just make up like a statement. I know, I know. That's the thing. It's like, especially with skincare, there's so many potential issues people deal with. And I was asking in my my Facebook group for questions for this episode and you know and there were so many specific questions and I was like, ah, it's you know, it's difficult because it would be a very specific answer, you know, I, I assume for um all the different things. I just think the skin is a really good reflection of the microbiome. So when you think about how unique each person's microbiome is, that's I think how unique their skin needs are, right? So I have a sister who's actually like um a fingerprint expert for the city. Super cool. And in addition to being a fingerprint expert, she's also like went to school for just biocriminal investigation in general. And so she knows a lot about, for example, iris uniqueness, or she was talking to me that every single person's sinus cavity is actually unique as well. So when they're looking at skulls on imagery, they can actually identify people uniquely just by their sinus cavity and obviously by fingerprints as well. And so one of the things she and I were talking about was, you know, DNA uniqueness and how identical twins are identical 
DNA on paper. I was talking to her, I was like, I don't understand that because there's so many nuances to our DNA that even if you're identical twin, like your lifestyle factors and how that's affecting your body on a day-to-day basis is being affected. And she was like, actually, there aren't public versions of this yet, but the scientists have figured out a way to dive into the subparts of DNA and now read those factors, right? Like when you're born, maybe they are completely identical, but then over time, we're affecting our biology by every single thing that we do and the things that we touch and, you know, the the foods we consume and the products that we use, they're all playing a role into our body's uniqueness. And so every single part of us from our microbiome to what's on our skin to our DNA is being affected by this stuff. So it's fascinating. I know you went on a tangent, but I'm like, I could geek out about that kind of stuff all day long. I think it's so interesting. Oh, I do too. Oh, man. <laughs> This is so great. Yeah. So like the epigenome, is that what she was referring to? I guess. She didn't use that word because I think she, I don't know if she thinks I can't understand it, but I'm just like sitting there like eyes all big, like, tell me more. She's my baby sister. So I'm like, we're like 11 years apart. So I'm like, okay, cool. Tell me more. Like, I want to talk about this more. But I don't know. I I think my podcast partner is currently working on a book on microbiomes. So we talk a lot about the science that she's researching for that. And I just, I think the best way to think about it is to think that your skin is a reflection of your microbiome, right? Like your gut is a reflection of everything about your health from mental health to how your body is detoxifying, how is absorbing the nutrients that you're eating. I mean, we haven't even talked about that, but as a person with celiac, when I was eating gluten, that's when I was most morbidly obese because I was craving food so much because I wasn't absorbing the food that I was eating. Because if it was bound with gluten, my body wasn't able to absorb it. So it's not just about what you eat, but it's also about determining whether or not you're actually absorbing those things. Because if you have an intolerance to something, it could be preventing that. And so your your gut is a reflection on all of that stuff. So I, I do want to ask a specific question about that. When you say it is reflection of the microbiome, but then the whole gut health in general, do you know anything about like the specific, and I know the microbiome is so complicated, but do you know if there are like specific strains that are actually have been found in studies to relate to skin health or is that not really on your radar? I have not yet found anything related to gut health. I know that there are skin care lines out there who use probiotics in the skincare products to quote unquote improve the biome on the skin, but from my research and experience, unless that's a soil-based probiotic, it's not going to survive, especially if it's bound up with things like preservatives that are probably killing a lot of the active cultures in that probiotic. So the best thing that I recommend for people is to increase their probiotic food consumption, whether that's by fermented foods such as kombucha and yogurt and sauerkraut and ideally both, take a probiotic supplement. So for me, I take a soil-based probiotic each day. And that's one of the things that I said when I was tweaking my skin and I was working on supplements. Taking a probiotic was definitely one of the things that helped improve my gut, which in then, in turn, improved my skin. Because 
I just was healthier overall in my skin. My body was less inflamed and therefore my skin inflammation was reduced as well. I feel like the microbiome is such a frontier right now. So it'll be really interesting to see what comes from that. So going back to skincare, just in general, if somebody is seemingly fine with their skin routine, I guess from two perspectives, using conventional products, but they feel like they have you know great skin, or somebody who is on the flip side, maybe going the all natural route and they're using minimal products, barely anything, and they feel like they have great skin, do you think they need to make changes at all? I guess it's there's two like populations there, which I might be different answers. For the person who's using conventional products and is happy with their skin, I would say take some hormone testing. You know, there's a lot of companies that do at-home testing. You can also, I think even like urine test with doctors to see what you have going on, both from what's in your system and what's not. I mean, there's tons of studies out there that show, for example, there was one, I think it was on PubMed that took a group of teenagers and removed the products that they were using. And they saw a drastic reduction in a lot of the negative hormone responses to things like parabens within three days of switching over. And I bet those teens would have told you they were fine too. So until you test, I don't think that you can say that you know that you don't have stuff going on. And I think a lot of this stuff we can see is affecting us because our cancer rates are increasing dramatically. So that's obviously a result of the industrial revolution in general as it comes to pollution and plastic and the food that we eat and all of that kind of stuff. But it's also been proven in countless studies that the ingredients that are in a lot of the standard products these days are causing health problems as well. So if you were to look at the EU, for example, they've banned 1,400 ingredients that U.S. has only banned 38. So the EU has identified that there's over 1,300 ingredients that are causing harm to the citizens, and yet Americans are using those products. And the thing that gets me the most is that a lot of these companies are actually the same, and they have an EU formula, and then they have an American formula. They switch the ingredients to be cheaper and worse for Americans and make a higher profit, but literally have the same lotion on the shelf on EU and America. And they could choose to give Americans the better formula, and they don't. So I think, like, for me, I couldn't point to anything in particular that I could say, oh, this particular cleaning product or this particular skincare product was irritating me in a way that showed harm, the harm is happening on the inside in a place where we can't see. So unless you're, like I said, unless you're doing extensive testing on yourself to know that what you're using is fine. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming that you're a person who's interested in being healthy. It's just a better thing to switch. Like it can't hurt to switch to cleaner ingredients when you know that the products that you're using cause harm. And like I said, you can use that EWG app to see what particular ingredients might be in that product and what kind of harm it can cause. It can cause hormone disruption. It can cause fertility issues. I mean, our country has never had worse fertility than it does right now. And even if you're not trying to have babies, that's really representative of your overall health because our sex hormones play such a role in everything else that we do. Or it could be heavy metals and your body's not detoxing them, which 
as almost everybody knows, can cause poisoning in the body for things that you might not even realize are happening as a result of it. So for that, I would say, why not switch? (laughs) But for the person that's using all natural products and is really happy with them, there's more power to you. Great. I'm, I'm happy for you. I think the point that I would say is, as a woman with a teenager who is no longer a spring chicken anymore, there comes a point where those products aren't doing much for you. Um, Maybe they're maintaining your skin today, but as you get older, they're not going to provide anti-aging benefits or, you know, some of the other things that you might want. The other thing is if they don't have, for example, a natural SPF, so if it's not like a zinc oxide, you're causing photo damage to your skin. So you might not see it today, but in five years, you're going to have aging from the UV rays. And every single person today, especially those of us who are listening to a podcast, are exposing themselves to blue light, which is also causing aging. So a zinc oxide SPF protects against that as well. So there's a lot of things that... You can go cleaner, but it's probably not going to be all natural just because from my experience and research, a lot of the, for example, all natural makeup when it's tested is really high in heavy metals because it's coming from a soil-based production that has metals and minerals attached to whatever it is that the color or the clay or whatever the base is. So I'm really passionate about testing. I'm a a science-minded person. I want to see the results. I don't want someone just to tell me that something is natural. Snake venom is natural. Poison ivy is natural, but I don't necessarily want to rub that on my skin. So I'm interested in someone testing a product and showing me that it's safe and that it has benefits for my skin. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if you know this, but I don't think there's no reason you would know this. I personally had heavy metal toxicity to an extreme amount with mercury. So that's a huge passion of mine when it comes to lifestyle choices and vetting skincare products, vetting makeup. And I think it's so interesting because, you know, a lot of people will try to be quote healthy with their makeup. So they go to these, like you were saying, these mineral-based foundations. And I'm just like, guys, (laughs) that's like a prime source of things like lead, for example. Exactly. Yes. Especially if it's a powder-based mineral, because like I said, if you breathe it in and you will breathe in powders, even if your mouth is closed, like you will inhale powders as you're putting them on your face. Those heavy metals are being absorbed insanely more through your body. I I mentioned the cadmium study earlier, but let's just say 60 times, not 60%, 60 times more through inhalation than on your skin. So, I mean, like my mind literally explodes and I hear that and people come to me and they're like, but I love my mineral-based powder foundation. And I'm like, well, I love you. And so I need you to stop using that. <laughs> that is crazy. 60 times. That that and the, um, the stat about the chemicals in the Europe versus US. I'm going to put all this information in the show notes, guys, <laughs> which by the way, the show notes will be at melanieavalon.com slash skincare. Okay, so some more questions about the skin. To follow up, I asked about, you know, a simple routine because I, for example, I pretty much use Castile soap to wash my face and I'm like a really sensitive butterfly. And for me, that is working right now. 
I don't know in the future, like where that will go if I need more, you know, moisture, things like that. I have heard that when it comes to anti-aging, that like moisture is the key. What have you found when it comes to moisturizing the skin? Because you talked in the beginning about how coconut oil, for example, actually (laughs) might not be the best thing for moisturizing the skin. So what does the skin need to retain moisture? Is it water? Is it fat? Is it some magical combination of random things? (laughs) Yes. No. (laughs) So my definition of a simple skincare routine is wash, tone, moisturize. And that can look different for people. When people have a home-based all-natural skincare routine, apple cider vinegar is what's serving as their toner in most cases. I actually had a good friend who really liked honey as their moisturizer. She mixed it with oils to as you know, probably there's all kinds of health benefits to honey in terms of like the bee pollen and stuff that's going on in there. And it can be anti-inflammatory and antibacterial. So it was actually helping her acne. And I actually use a, this is a complete side tangent, but an ointment that we use on my kids when they get cuts and scratches, instead of it being like the typical antibiotic ointment, we use a honey-based one. And I actually showed it to an ER doc who told me how cool that was and that he loves the studies on it and stuff like that. So there there are ways to do things more naturally. Was it Manuka, by the way? I'm just wondering. It was not a Manuka-based, although Manuka is obviously amazing. I wish it wasn't so expensive. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I can send you a link to the brand of products that uses honey for moisture. They also have a, a lotion. I'm not as big a fan of that one, but the ointment is amazing. So anyway, I think everyone needs to wash, tone, moisturize because you're washing your skin, especially if you're using something like Castile soap, which can be really stripping of the skin. And if you have more oily prone skin, that's probably working well for you. But someone who has drier skin, who lives in a higher climate or who is aging and has less oil and collagen in their skin, that's going to be really drying to them, which will hurt. Um, You can get dry skin acne, which for those who are curious what that looks like, it's usually kind of small white bumps all over versus the kind of like cystic red pimples that are more associated with clogged pores and oily skin. So if you're having that, it might be because you have dry skin. So no matter what kind of skin you have, after you wash your face, you have to balance the pH. And that is what a toner is doing. There's all different kinds of toners you can use. Like I said, as basic as apple cider vinegar, that never worked for me, but I know some people love it. Two different face mists. I use something called an essence, which has mineral rich seawater as the base of it. Or you can use like toner pads, which is what my son uses. It's like a cleaner version of Stridex. And he uses that as as his wash, tone, and moisturize. I don't recommend his skincare routine, but he's a 14-year-old boy and I'm happy he's using anything. But there's a lot of different versions of what a toner could be and could look like. And then a moisturizer. So I am not a believer in oil being a moisturizer. And oil is usually um, something that you can put into a moisturizer. So my nighttime moisturizer, I actually use a face cream and then I put two drops of a vitamin C oil into it. But it's more of a treatment. So for someone with really dry skin 
Or for someone with acne, you could use a blend of oils that kind of balances the skin and soothes the skin. But oil in and of itself isn't going to be nutrient rich with active ingredients that are going to do anything to really like protect and nourish the skin. And some of those oils in most cases can be occlusive. So it's a matter of finding the right oils that work for your skin. And for most people, coconut oil does not work. It works for a short amount of time and then it builds up in the skin and your pores become clogged and it is occlusive. It's obviously a saturated fat. When you say it is a saturated fat, what is the context surrounding that? Like, what are the implications of that when it comes to the skin? It's just a very heavy fat. It's solid. If you put coconut oil in water, it sinks. And your skin is mostly water, right? Like, if you think about something that's solid and hard like that, and you just, like, drop it, it's... It's so much heavier on the skin and it's it's penetrating into your pores and then it's staying deep in them to clog them versus if you're using a lighter oil, then that is something that topically can stay on the skin. If you've used a moisturizer, so for example, something with hyaluronic acid that is helping the skin bond to things. So if you look at like what happens to water when hyaluronic acid is present under a microscope versus when it's not, it's actually able to absorb so much more hydration because of it. And so that's what I mean by active ingredients. It's not that your oil might not work for you, but that over time, it's not going to be enough for that anti-aging. And it might not be nourishing your skin in a way that really helps you be glowy or helps your skin be bright or different kinds of things than just if you have acne or not. You know, I notice it when I change the type of skincare products that I use. I use the same brand all the time just because I found one that is safe and tests. And it's the only one that I found that's like a B Corp and does all this kind of stuff. And I feel good about that. But I change up my routine from, you know, this particular skincare line to this particular one, especially as the seasons change. And I notice a difference in how my skin looks and feels or how it responds to food, for example. I think part of the reason that I got this zip is not just cheese, but because the weather's changing outside and, and fall's coming and it's cooler. So I think that an oil can work. I myself use a vitamin C oil I mentioned, but that oil is more of a serum than a true oil because it's not just one oil. It's been blended with several kinds of oils and then it also has other active ingredients like vitamin C added so that when your skin is taking in that moisture, it's doing something. It's giving it a real benefit and nourishment. Yeah, it actually, it's really interesting. I'd been researching recently the availability of topical fats on the skin and whether or not, like where, how far they would go <laughs> into the skin cell and whether or not they could enter the bloodstream. And um, it was really fascinating because it was saying, and then I found a lot of studies that were in support of conventional <laughs> makeup products and skincare products. I'm and shocked. They were saying, Who funded that study? I know, I know. <laughs> and they were saying, no, you know, in clinical tests, these these products actually just basically remain in the outer layer of, of the skin cell and don't penetrate deeper and don't enter the bloodstream. So it's like not a problem. And I was like, eh, I, I don't know <laughs> where this is coming from. It's frustrating. Yeah. So there is something to your skin 
not absorbing everything. And I've done a lot of research from a variety of different kinds of sources. And I can say the skin does not absorb 100% of everything because it is a natural skin barrier. But if you're someone who has an autoimmune disease, your skin barrier is weaker if you have a cut, obviously. So for example, most people have, you know, small tears in their cuticles. And if you're applying something to your hands, there it is, it's being absorbed straight into your bloodstream that way, right? Like, there's a lot of ways that it is getting into your bloodstream that people don't want to talk about, especially like in your armpits for safer deodorants for women who are shaving their armpits and then putting deodorant on. That's obviously going in because you just opened the pore. There is a barrier and not everything gets through. I think the most I was able to find is like 39% is absorbed within, I think it was 30, it might have been 60 seconds. I don't have the source up in front of me and it's not a fact I have memorized, but it's something like that, right? It's it's about 40% within a minute is absorbed into your body. So even if you're using something, you're like, oh, it's only 40%. Well, I mean, what's in that product that you're using? 40% could be really problematic. So for me personally, the reason that I've done a lot of that research is actually for gluten because gluten is a protein. And in certain forms, the protein structure is not large enough to penetrate the skin. And in other forms, it is. So for example, when wheat is turned into fermentation or when it's turned into a sugar alcohol, Um, those forms no longer contain the protein of gluten and they are not going to be problematic for me because I told you earlier I'm celiac and I'm anaphylactic to gluten so I have to be really careful but then there are other versions of the protein that are absorbed and that do have gluten in them so it's one of those like it depends kind of answers with skin and it's it sucks that it's so nuanced and it's not disclosed anywhere I have a good friend who has an allergy to a particular ingredient that's like a weird random I think it's a nut right? It's like a a random thing. And she used a cream on her lady parts that she looked at the ingredient list. It did not contain anything for a concern for her. And she used this product on her lady bits and turns out that it had that nut in it because companies are not required to disclose all of their ingredients. It's the loophole that good old America has. What is this loophole? If it's like less than a certain amount, I'm guessing? No, they can just put it under fragrance. And Not only is the fragrance loophole like huge and a a major problem for the U.S., but there is no way for the U.S. government to regulate. So, for example, Claire's and Justice had makeup for teens that was tested by a third-party mother who had concerns. She sent it off for testing, and they contained asbestos. Justice pulled the products voluntarily because they didn't want to expose tweens and teens to breathing in asbestos in their makeup. Claire's didn't want it to hit their bottom line and left the product on the shelf. And the FDA could not mandate a recall because they don't have that power. The laws for the U.S. personal care products are less than two pages long and have not been updated since, I think, 1938. And back then, the most problematic personal care ingredients that we had were like coal. So there is no 
prevention from companies doing whatever they want. And there's no requirement that they disclose every single ingredient, which is why that EWG transparency rating exists, because a company might say, these are their ingredients or these are their active ingredients, but they don't have to tell you everything that's in there. So it's crazy. It's honestly like, this is why it became my passion because I'm like, here I am, I'm doing all of these things in my life to live so clean. And yet, like, I don't even know what I'm adding from a topical perspective in terms of how that's affecting my health. And the regulation on that is so far behind. I mean, there's... um legal, it's like a bill that's been trying to go through for years called the Personal Care Product Safety Act. And each time it gets, you know, sent to committee and it dies in committee because there's all these companies lobbying against it because the large personal care brands don't want to be restricted in any sort of way. That law that won't even be able to go through would give the FDA the power to recall and would give them the ability to test five ingredients a year to say whether or not they're safe for Americans to use. And even at that level, it won't go through. So let's say it did go through. Like I said, we're at, I think, 38 ingredients that were allowed or that are banned, but Europe is at 1,400. Like, how many years would it take to catch up to Europe at five ingredients a year? It's just crazy. The American people need to be outraged and do something about it, but people just don't know. Friends, you guys know I love wine. Do you love wine? I've done a lot of research on wine, and I truly believe there are a myriad of health benefits. The longest-lived populations drink wine. The polyphenols have a ton of potential health benefits, activating anti-aging sirtuins, potentially supporting our immunity, maybe even encouraging weight loss. Yep, it's actually not alcohol that makes people gain weight. It's what they eat when they drink. But if you want all of the benefits of wine, the type of wine you're drinking is key. Conventional wine in the US is often full of toxins. We're talking things like pesticides, mold, and additives. Dyes, colorizers, artificial flavors. Have you even seen some wine that says vegan? That's because conventional wine isn't even necessarily vegan because of the additives. I am obsessed with a company called Dry Farm Wines. They're not a wine producer, but rather a wine investigator. They go all throughout Europe and they find the wineries practicing organic practices, and then they test those wines to make sure the wines are, wait for it, low alcohol, low sugar, free of toxins, free of mold, and truly supportive of your health. I'm obsessed with Dry Farm Wines. One of the most fun things for me as a wine lover is you get mixed boxes of wine and it introduces you to varietals from all over the world. The wines taste amazing and you can say goodbye to hangovers. If you think you can't drink wine, you've got to try Dry Farm Wines. I am obsessed. You can get a bottle for a penny. Yes, a penny. Just go to dryfarmwines.com slash Melanie Avalon and use the coupon code Melanie Avalon to claim your penny bottle. That's dryfarmwines.com slash Melanie Avalon. All right, now back to the show. Hi, friends. Okay, so I'm a little bit embarrassed because I've been talking for so long about red light and near-infrared therapy, which is so, so important. However, I kind of left out something really important about light. So as you guys know, I've been talking about red light and near-infrared for so long. And at the same time, during the day, I was using a bright, sad light 
So it's those white lights that help with waking you up, help with your circadian rhythm. They're used to combat mood issues and depression. So I have a really bright white one of those at my desk. A few things about that. I knew it helped wake me up and kept me stimulated, but I wasn't sure if it had any detrimental effects using it. And then two, I was also wondering if by just focusing on red and near-infrared light, was I somehow missing something in the full spectrum of light? Guess what? I was. And guess what? I found the solution. And guess what? I have a discount for you guys. So the founder of a company called Soulshine reached out to me and he was like, do you know about the importance of full spectrum light? And I was like, you know what? I've been wondering about this for quite a while. Please educate me. Oh my goodness. This man blew my mind. I talk a lot about the problems of blue light. That said, we evolved in natural full spectrum sunlight that our genes are programmed to respond to. And today we do not spend enough time in that light. A lot of us don't go outside and we're overexposed to blue light. It's a problem. And then to make things even more problematic, the common sad lights that I was talking about that are bright white, they actually do not contain the full spectrum light. They filter out certain wavelengths and they're high in blue light. So just like I thought, it was not doing my health many services. There is only one company I have found, or I guess that found me, that makes a full spectrum white light device. So the Soul Light Systems include the fullest spectrum of visible and invisible near-infrared light with traces of UV light. Yep, that's right, because you need all of that as well. Don't worry, it's not an exuberant amount that's going to cause a problem. It's just a tiny little dose that your body actually needs. You can use these lights to fix your circadian rhythm and properly stimulate your brain's suprachiasmatic nucleus or SCN in a way that it was supposed to be stimulated. It's kind of like the natural spectral diet because yes, you may be suffering from malillumination. Did you know that your entire bloodstream actually filters through your eyes in a relatively short amount of time, that's the only way your blood is exposed to the outside world. So when we expose our eyes to this light, it actually can have beneficial effects on our blood. That is crazy. It helps with skin, with mood. This is the light that I wasn't thinking about that we need. I love Soulshine's light therapy devices. I do use it in combination with my red and near-infrared light devices as well so that I can fully bathe my body in the best light that is so helpful for my sleep, for my stress, for my metabolism, for my immunity, for my health, so many things. They have so many different device options. They have one that I love that kind of looks like a juve and I sit it on my desk and it has options for the full spectrum light, which is that bright white light, as well as an ear infrared option. So what I do is I do a session of the full spectrum light in the morning and then I run the near infrared to help counteract the negative blue light around me. They also have stands with bulbs that you can get. I've been using some of those on my plants. I am just so grateful that Ken at Soulshine found me because I was missing out on such a key aspect of light and I had no idea. And you can get 10% off at melanieavalon.com slash soulshine. That's S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E with the code Melanie Avalon. So melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E with the code Melanie Avalon for 10% off. It's really helped my mood, my energy, my sleep, so many things. I think you guys will love it. So again, go to melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E and use the coupon code Melanie Avalon to get 10% off site-wide. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. Hi friends. One of the most valuable things that I do every single night of my life is my infrared sauna session. The brand that I use is Sunlighten. 
I did a lot of research on infrared saunas before deciding on them. Their saunas are so high quality, they're low EMF. And what I really love is they have a solo unit. That's what I have. And it's really great if you live in a small apartment, might be moving. It's just really an amazing investment and they have incredible deals and offers on it right now. You can actually get up to $200 off with the code Melanie Avalon. Or if you're talking to a rep, just tell them that I sent you. And like I said, that will be up to $200 off and that will also get you $99 shipping. Normally the shipping is like $600. So that's a really, really big deal. And if you do purchase a sauna, forward your proof of purchase to podcast at melanieavalon.com. And I will also send you a signed copy of my book, What, When, Why. If you'd like to learn more about the science of sauna, two resources. I interviewed the founder of Sunlighten, Connie Zach. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And then I also recently did an epic blog post all about the science of sauna. We'll also put that in the show notes. All right, now back to the show. So, so maddening. (laughs) But thankfully, we have people like you (laughs) and um, (laughs) making a difference and getting it out there. With all of that said, this is actually how I came to know Stacy. I was introduced to Stacy through Noelle Tarr, actually, who co-hosts the Well-Fed Women podcast. But what company or brand have you found? Because you mentioned in the beginning that you did find one company that you know you felt good about with these ingredients. So I'll just say the company. The company's Beauty <laughs> Counter. And I've become a huge, huge fan of it myself, especially. I'll let Stacy knows way more details than I do. I came to Beauty Counter because I was looking for non-toxic, particularly makeup, because like I said, Stacey, I actually do follow a very minimal skincare routine. So I came to it more for the makeup because I was looking for makeup that would actually work, (laughs) that would look good, that was not the, like we were talking about earlier, the quote natural makeup. It's, It's so funny. I would go into like Ulta or Sephora and I would look up these makeup lines and they'd be like all these words like natural, vegan, free of free of this, free of that. But then you flip it over and you look at the ingredients and you pull up the EWG and you're just like, um, no, <laughs> I, I don't want to put this on my skin. So I was finding it honestly really difficult to A, part with the the makeup that looked, you know, good on me that was working, and then B, actually find a line that was non-toxic to my body that I could feel good about. And then the icing on the cake would be a company that tests for heavy metals religiously, which Beauty Counter actually does. So that really sold me. But what has been your experience? How how did you come to Beauty Counter? And having done all your research, what did you find with that company? So I originally was introduced to Beauty Counter about four and a half years ago, and I refused to even try their products for over a year. (laughs) I wanted nothing to do with it. At the time I was using, like I said, an an all-natural product. I was actually using something called Beauty Balm by a popular brand that also sells supplements and oils and stuff like that. And at the time, those of you that have been in this community for four or more years, you might remember the scandal. There was a big scandal (laughs) that happened because a person in the community didn't believe that the products were what the company said that they were. And they sent them off to third-party testing to find out. And all of these fermented fish oils that the company claimed it was using to have all of these health benefits. I mean, 
as I'm sure your listeners know, fish oil is high in omega-3 and other kinds of things that are beneficial to both inside and outside. And so when they sent it off for testing, it turned out that it was actually rancid seed oil that the company was using. It was not actually either fully or partially, depending on the product, fish oil. And I was livid. I was so livid. I had been using this disgusting fish smelling cream on my face at night that like kept my husband and I from being intimate because I had to put on the cream after he would want to like kiss me or anything because it was literally rancid. It was supposed to be fermented fish and it had some lavender and some other things in it, but it smelled disgusting. And to find out that what I'd been putting on my skin was actually not beneficial at all. And there was nothing that prevented the brand from marketing it however they wanted just made me furious. And so I went to my skincare guru at the time. Her name is Liz Wolf. She was part of the Balanced Bites podcast for a really long time. And I just was friends with her as part of the community. And she'd written this book called Skintervention. And so I went to her and because I knew that she had also recommended that balm and was also furious. And I was like, listen, I'm so upset. Like, I don't want to use any pure natural BS anymore. I need you to give me the lowdown on like what is the real stuff that will help my skin and is also tested that I can be, you know, comfortable knowing that I'm what I'm putting on my skin is what the brand is saying that it is. And she's like, yeah, you can put on that stuff that I sent you six months ago that's sitting in your house. That's that's <laughs> what I recommend. And so I did. I fell in love with the products. I wanted really nothing to do with the brand. And it wasn't until I learned more. I, so I fell in love with the products. And then I did a lot of research about the brand. And the brand is a B Corp. And for people that don't know what a B Corporation means, companies like Seventh Generation and Patagonia, they're all part of a B Corp organization. And that means that they put people and planet before profit. That's kind of the motto. And so the companies that are B Corps have to be transparent in how they run their businesses. And if it is a product-based business, the ingredients that they use, they have to treat their people fairly and they offset their carbon emissions and, and footprint. And so the more that I learned, and then the other thing that I fell in love with was that they test their products, every single product, eight times if it's skincare, nine times if it's makeup before it actually gets into a consumer's hand for safety. 23 human health endpoints. And it's actually done by third-party validation as well. They partner with a Tufts University who does the testing for them to make sure that there's no risks. And they screen ingredients before they'll even like get to that point. And if there are studies that show that there's even like a chance of it being harmful, they don't touch it. So for example, like Retinol is technically an ingredient that people use all the time, but because there's so many potential issues with it for photosensitivity and allergen and potential other issues, like they refuse to use it. So making an anti-aging product was hard, but they use things like vitamin C, like I talked about, antioxidants and different kinds of ingredients like that to make products that actually work both from skin and makeup. And these days, I mean, I've been with the brand now three years in August, actually. And these days you see celebrities wearing the makeup on the red carpet and representing a safer skincare movement, which I just think is incredible that we're, it's becoming a mainstream topic that I think is so important. Yeah, no, I love that so much. And um, 
same page here now with the passion for beauty counter. I do have a question because what are your thoughts on, because I think, so like looking at the ingredients in beauty counter, are there ingredients that looking at the label and of course people can like look up the EWG and things like that. But I think especially people in the, in the natural health world and the, that we are in, people want every ingredient to be something like something that can be like a, a whole food, if that makes sense. So the ingredients in Beauty Counter, are they all, like, is every ingredient going to be? No, it's not an all-natural brand. Right. <laughs> and I'm so, totally um, okay with that. <laughs> okay. And and why are you okay with that? <laughs> what matters to me is safety. So like I said, snake venom or poison ivy might be natural, but it's not necessarily good for you. And there's a lot of things that are synthetic or manufactured that aren't problematic. I mean, I have this philosophy in life in general. I think that, you know, when you take a kind of black and white look in things, you're not really getting the best advantages. So their makeup, for example, is pigmented in some cases with natural ingredients, but for in most cases, it's actually a synthetic color and it's been tested. It's not just like regular red dye number 40. They're using safer synthetic colorants, but it doesn't present the heavy metal issue that you and I talked about. And the reason is because they tested for years. They tried to make natural makeup line. And every time that they thought that they would get somewhere and they'd send it off for testing, it would come back as unsafe. And you can look up, there's all kinds of studies that show that in makeup, it's actually often the more natural brands versus the mainstream brands that are higher in heavy metals because they're using synthetic colorants versus natural colorants, which almost always are contaminated with heavy metals. So there's a reason for everything, and and that's important to me. But more than that, it's testing. And I, I just cannot speak highly enough. I've actually been to their facilities. I've seen the testing that they do. I've they put out like a report every year that shows all the things that they're doing, both as part of a B Corp and also as as part of a company that just cares about health, all the the different reports of of things that they've done and the testing and, and all of that kind of stuff. So they're they're fully transparent as part of being a B Corp. They're also Leaping Buddy certified for those that are concerned with animal testing. They don't do that, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that is more important to me than someone telling me that something is natural because that might not be actually what's best for my health. Yeah. And especially, I mean, to come full circle at the beginning, a tomato is natural, but a tomato wrecks you. (laughs) So, so, okay. No, I'm I'm really glad that we had that discussion because I think even for me, especially when... I first jumped into the the natural world. I was like, oh, I want everything to be, you know, all natural and everything must be something that I know exactly what it is. Like, oh, that's coconut oil. I know what that is. But now I am realizing it is, like we said, with diet at the beginning, it's so complex and so nuanced. And so it's really nice that Beauty Counter does use, you know, the ingredients that they're finding and testing is non-toxic. And then on top of that, I think it makes the products actually work (laughs) as far as like the makeup goes. Yes. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing I would say, if someone really 
wants to look into this, how I research ingredients is through PubChem. So there's PubMed, which produces articles that you can read or at least studies. Sometimes you can't fully access them without like being a professor or a doctor or someone that has full access. But in most cases, you can read the abstracts and the findings and stuff like that. And then there's PubChem. And PubChem allows you to put in any chemical or any basically ingredient that you would find on a skincare or personal care product. And it will tell you all about it. It will tell you if it's been studied at all for safety and what those results were. And it'll give you a really neutral like scientific analyzation of each of those things. And so I'll give an example. There was a a brand of perfume very common in the community that claimed that it was all natural and, you know, safe and all of this kind of stuff, but it was using fragrance as an ingredient. And by a rule, I don't use anything that has fragrance and ingredient because that could be anything. It's one of the, like the number one things, if you were to ask me like, okay, what should I avoid? I would say fragrance because that's where the worst of the worst gets hidden by brands. So it was using fragrance as an ingredient. And I said to them, I'm like, I'm not interested in your product if you're listing fragrance as your ingredient. And they said, well, it is proprietary. We don't want to tell people the different kind of essential oils and different things that we're using. But because we know that this is your shtick will send you a list of what's in. And, you know, all of these other influencers and people in the, you know, beauty blogging space were all abuzz about this brand because on its website and all this stuff, it was, you know, we're all natural and we don't use synthetic fragrance and blah, blah, blah. But then there it is in the ingredient list. Um, it was. So when they sent me over the ingredients and I put them all into PubChem, like, almost all of them were great. And I was super, I was like, oh, this looks good. This looks good. And then there were two that were super highly problematic. And the only way anyone would have known that is if they went and put every individual item into PubCab and then came up with the results because this brand wasn't in EWG and they weren't disclosing their ingredients. And it, it was just like, this is what we have to do as consumers. They've Nobody has a degree in this. Nobody has time to do this. I mean, this is my job now, so I have time to do it, right? But like, this isn't something we can reasonably expect consumers to do. So that's why I like working with a brand that I can trust because I know that they have standards and they test and I don't have to come back and double check every single thing to make sure because if it's not safe, they're not going to include it at all. I am really impressed that they sent you that list <laughs> because I have contacted so many companies and I'm, I always get the closed door. I think probably for most people, they send them the list and they're like, oh, they gave me the ingredients. They must be okay. But that's not me. No, going to research every single one. I remember I actually contacted one company. It was for a food item, not makeup, but I contacted them on two different occasions and asked them what was in the, the quote, natural flavors that was listed. And I got two completely separate answers. Like when I sent the two different emails, it's like, okay, that's awesome. (laughs) That makes me feel confident. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to be really respectful of your time. So for listeners who would like to, to try out the Beauty Counter products, do you have any favorites or any recommendations about where to start both on the skincare and the makeup side of things? Yeah, absolutely. So the awesome thing is 
October 7th of 2019, they launched their limited edition holiday items. And in those, there's usually like really good deals. So for example, one of the things that I would recommend to people is the charcoal mask and the overnight resurfacing peel and the cleansing balm with enhanced lotus stem cells called lotus glow cleansing balm. And that vitamin C oil that I was talking about, which they call the brightening oil. And all of those are in a, what's called the counter plus favorites or something like that. So normally they would be over $200, but it's only $89 for the set of those four products. So I would say that would be my number one recommendation just because people get the most bang for their buck. And those are all like universal skincare treatments. So as I talked earlier about wash, tone, moisturize, the fourth step is a treatment. So that's where you get things like a serum or a peel or an eye cream or things that are targeted for skin issues that people might have. So I talk a lot with people who want brighter skin or people who have damage to their skin, either from like acne scarring or from too much sun exposure or different things like that. And that's where the vitamin C serum and the overnight resurfacing peel, which have has 15 botanical acids in it, eight of which are exfoliating to remove the things from your skin, and then seven which soothe the skin. It's not actually like going to make your skin peel off like a chemical peel, but it's a natural exfoliant that you wear overnight, and then you you wake up with brighter skin, and it's actually helped reduce my acne because it's a really great exfoliant, like a gentle exfoliant, not like a plastic bead scrubby exfoliant. So that I really recommend kind of those four ingredients for all skin types. I'll say them again. So the the Lotus Glow Cleansing Balm, which is really great with those lotus stem cells for truly brightening the skin. The Overnight Resurfacing Peel, which is um, an excellent exfoliator to reduce damage to your skin. And it's basically like taking off those damaged top layers of your skin. So what you want to do after you use that peel is within like five to 10 minutes after it's settled on your skin, you want to put on a really good moisturizer so that it kind of seals it in. And then the brightening facial oil that I talked about being really rich in the antioxidants from vitamin C and the charcoal mask. So the other thing about the charcoal mask, which is it uses activated charcoal as a detoxifying agent. And it's also uses, I think it's pronounced Kenilin clay, which is a particular kind of clay that's also detoxifying. And when you wear that mask, it like pulls the oil and grime and different things that are in your pores to the surface so that you can then wash and exfoliate them. And again, after you use that mask, you're going to want to use a moisturizer to nourish your open pores that you just did all that effort to get the junk out. Those are, are my favorite products. And the other thing I would say is in the month of October, the mask, charcoal mask, I think it might be called the balancing mask, charcoal balancing mask, is a free welcome gift if someone joins their loyalty program, which is kind of like Amazon Prime. It's $29 a year, but the mask is worth $49. So if that was something you were going to want to get, I would recommend getting it that way just to save yourself some money. And then you also get free shipping and 10% product credit back with that program, which is great too. Gotcha. Yeah. And then on the makeup side of things, I become obsessed <laughs> with their mascara and their eyeliner and then their lip glosses are like beautiful. <laughs> their lip glosses were one of the things that brought me to Beauty Counter. So there were there were three products that were like my 
I call, I call it bacon. I used to be a vegetarian for seven years and I call bacon the gateway drug. It's like <laughs> bacon lures in vegetarians the way that these products lured me into Beauty Counter. It was the body wash. I don't know if you've tried that, but I had been using Castile soap for so long that when I tried a body wash that actually like smelled good and lathered, it felt so luxurious after oh, what I'd been yeah. using for so long. And then it was the charcoal soap, which is was just really great for my skin at the time because it had so much acne. And it was it was really helpful as I transitioned off of coconut oil. And then the lip gloss. The lip gloss was my like, oh, if this is what clean ingredient lip gloss can be like, then I can deal with that. And then I'm actually kind of known for my use of mascara. My lashes are my like claim to fame on my beauty blog perspective. And I swear by collagen and the cleaner ingredient mascara. Like that's that's what have made them so healthy and long and and thick because when you're not using junk on your face, like it can be its best self. It will reveal itself. Oh, I love that so much. And Stacy, so for listeners, Stacy is not, I mean, she's like a wonder woman when it comes to makeup and skincare and she knows all these things, but she really knows so much about so many topics, especially like I said, with your other podcasts and all of your books. So what are the best ways for listeners to follow you, learn more about you and your work, get some more of your wisdom? How can they do that? I would love to welcome people to realeverything.com where all of that stuff can be connected. So you can connect with me on social media or you can check out my books or eBooks. Of course, you can find my books under my name, Stacey Toth on Amazon, but you can find more about them on the blog. All of our podcasts and show notes are on my blog as well. So no matter what you're looking for, you can find it at realeverything.com. And thank you so much for the nice compliment. <laughs> oh, no, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. It's truly an honor to have you here. So for listeners, I will put links to everything we discussed. I know we talked about a lot, but it will all be in the show notes. So just go to melanieavalon.com slash skincare for those show notes. Thank you again so much, Stacey. This has been absolutely wonderful. I'd love to connect with you in the future. Maybe we can have in the future another episode on a completely different topic, especially seeing how much we're so on the same page with like the science of things. Like there was, so, when you were talking, there were so many tangents. I was like, nope, don't bring this up because then we will not even like. <laughs> I, I told you I'm long-winded. Like you asked me a question and there is a, sometimes on our podcast, we try to go rapid fire where we like try to get through a bunch of questions. And it oh, does. I'm so bad at that. No, and <laughs> the absolute worst. Like my version of rapid fire is somebody else's version of answering a long question. So I appreciate your patience as I just blabbered on. No, no, this was absolutely wonderful. And I definitely look forward to connecting with you more in the future. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. For more information, you can check out my book, What When Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine, as well as my blog, MelanieAvalon.com. Feel free to contact me at podcast at MelanieAvalon.com. And always remember, you got it.